1: now once again here's mark good morning and good afternoon everybody 11 four minutes after the hour 11 o'clock and i apologize from the bottom of my heart for the technical difficulties that we're having and um the the issue is is that we mark transmits from two places tempe and payson and i'm in tempe today because i have a meeting afterwards and so we're unclear as to who you know, where the problem lies, but we're going to get to the bottom of it, so just stick with us, but I apologize from the bottom of my heart that that this is uh, this is causing such a, a problem. We're going to go to the phones real quick. Sam, you've been waiting a while. Thank you very much. Patricia, you stay right there. Anybody else, 602-508-0960, but Sam and Patricia are first, and Sam, you're first. How can I help you?
2: Oh, hi, Mark. i uh, got a question about transmission fluid or an older transmission like PowerGlide. Okay. synthetic transmission fluid is that still the way to go with with even an older transmission
1: the, the hello yeah i i got you go ahead okay you asked me about synthetic transmission fluid for your power glide is that right
3: yes that's correct
1: Okay. Um, let me explain. Conventional oil, conventional transmission fluid was made way back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And the, 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 when the fluid turned to a solid, when it burnt up, was very low in the range of, of Fahrenheit. And, and when it would no longer move around because it was too cold. So that's called the pour point of the oil and then we have on the top end where it turns from a from a a liquid to a vapor (laughs) and when it turns to tar so it's the top and the bottom protection of the oil so synthetic uh, with conventional oil it usually turns to a tar somewhere in the vicinity of 220 to 250 degrees and a synthetic oil will go to 500 degrees the conventional oil will hardly pull out of the can at zero, and a semi-synthetic or a synthetic oil will pour out of the can at 60 below zero. So it just—it's the range of protection. Your motors and your transmission is not going to know the difference between the oldest and the worst transmission fluid we ever had and a can of Chevron's Delo <laughs> transmission fluid. You can—you can always upgrade. It's all backward compatible. So you could use synthetic or you can use a conventional ATF. It's your pick. One's twice as much as the other, and one gives you a better protection range, but in reality, it's as long as you understand what the difference between the two, you can make a good decision based on how you use the car.
2: Okay, and if what if you had three quarts of regular transmission fluid and a gallon of the synthetic? It's okay to mix them, but... You're compromising your, your protection if you do, correct?
1: Well, you're not compromising your protection. You're, 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 lim- you're going to have a, an average of the range of protection. So if you have three quarts of the old stuff and you have five quarts of the new stuff, then you're not going to have that 500 degree Fahrenheit where it turns to a tar. But I want to tell you something. All transmissions are, t- are, are totally consumed at 400 degrees anyway,
4: (laughs) so it doesn't make any difference.
1: So, yes, you're right. There's going to be a degradation in the properties of the synthetic and the conventional fluid, but they're not significant.
5: Okay. All right. Good enough. That's got my question answered. Thank you very
1: much. You're welcome. Patricia, good morning. How can I help you?
5: Good morning, Mark. I listen to you every Saturday, and I so appreciate what you do. Um, I have an 09 RAV4. And I've, it's uh, over 120,000 miles on it. So I was driving it today and I stopped had an appointment, came back out. My car did not want to start. Um, eventually it did. And then it had this big red thing that said get service, re- service required. So I, I thought, okay, well, that's no big deal. I'll get it done. I'll schedule an appointment. I went to get gas in the car, stopped, came out. It would, and then it was flashing at me about the get service thing a service required, so it freaked me out. So um, I, I stopped by my dealership. They can't see me right now, but I, I'm not really wanting to work with them. I just know them. I happen to live in your neighborhood uh, with your shop, and I'm just interested in you telling me what what, what should I be freaked out about this thing telling me that, that I have to get it started right away. I don't know what to do.
1: Okay. Well, what we need to do first is is we need for you and me to have an answer, question and answer.
5: When Perfect. you said
1: it doesn't start, when you put the mm-hmm. key in normally and you turn the key on, it goes, rur, 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 and then it goes, Are you with me?
5: No, because I don't. Have, mine's a keyless.
1: Okay. So um, however you get it to start, the motor cranks <laughs> yes. over, fuel is delivered, uh-huh. spark is delivered, and the engine starts. Okay. When, when you said it wouldn't start exactly... What did the motor spin, but it didn't catch, or did the motor not spin
5: it didn't make I just pushed the button and the the sling flashing again came up get service right now or whatever um, and so i it it didn't to me i don't even remember that it made a noise to be honest with you. I hit the button, and this message came up on my screen
1: okay. What I need you to do is, is I need you to push harder on the brake pedal for the next twenty times you're going to start the car. Because the okay. brake switch is part of the integrals of, of all of this and they want your foot on the brake. And if you get lazy about that, like all of us do, or if somebody okay. moves your seat and your your left foot on the brake is now an inch further from the brake, then it won't start. So we have those kinds of things happen, but the real question is, is when it doesn't start is there any noise and if there's noise is it normal cadence and is the engine turning over so here's the here's no noise is click click that's it i push the button i turn the key i I ask it to start and all i get is i hear a click now first would be no click nothing happens second is i hear a click third it goes and then it goes that's low voltage or it goes, ruh, 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 but it doesn't catch. So it doesn't go, dee, 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 so right. it's the cranking part and then the catching part where the engine starts. What part are we missing based on what well, you experienced?
5: Well, I when, of course, I wasn't even looking for that. Um, but when I tried to start it the first time, nothing happened. When I started it the second or third time, it did catch, and then it was drivable. But then when I got that, I was leaving the gas station and when I got home I pulled in again same situation it wouldn't start initially and then I had to do it two or three times and then it started again. Okay. Um, now I-
1: we, we have a cranking and then we have the engine starting. We needed to, to separate those two things. Cranking is the ruh, 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 ruh. and then the starting right. is <clears throat> so you wrong. had cranking but no starting? Yes. Okay. So that's Typically, what's that's good because that takes takes me completely away from the clutch switch and a lot of the starter solenoid and all that kind of stuff. I want you to just to change your terminology. It cranks over. I can hear the starter going rrr, 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 but it the engine doesn't start, and okay. that's that's what needs to happen. That kind of conversation, excuse me, needs to happen between you and whoever because that means all the world to us. Because okay. if it cranks over but it doesn't catch, then we're missing no. spark or fuel. We have to figure okay. out if we got a plug fuel filter, if the fuel pump has been fired up. Um, do we have spark? Do we lose a camshaft sensor? Do we lose a, camsha- a crankshaft sensor? And more than likely, the code or the, the message in the dashboard is going to send us in either, it can be the direction. It's going to say it's an electrical, it's fuel pressure, it's the absence of spark, We've lost the trigger from the crank sensor. We've lost the trigger from the cam sensor. That will help us out. But really okay. and truly, this isn't that big of a deal.
5: Okay. So then I happen to live near your shop. Um, it could, could we schedule an appointment today?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm, you're going to have I um, almost
5: walked distance from your shop. Okay.
1: Okay um i would be happy to help you. I can tell you right now uh, uh, us along with everybody else in the world, we are up to our ears and alligators. May I suggest this? Do you have a pencil handy
5: i pulled in my hand
1: okay andy a n d i uh-huh four eight zero
5: 1234
1: eight one two three four uh-huh caller monday. Talk to your dad on the radio. I have a crank but no start situation. When can I get Uh in? Andy will handle it. Now, here's the good news. This is Uh probably the only auto repair shop in the state of Arizona that's run by a woman. And every man, every hairy chested guy here answers to that young lady. (laughs) She writes oh. the checks. She's the CEO. She's the CFO. She handles the front oh. counter. She handles customer complaints. She handles her older brother, <laughs> and everything. That's so she body. answers to nobody. Yes, that's my I got daughter.
5: It. Okay. Okay. So where is where are we that from? That. Your what um, shop would I go to from that, or would I still be able to go to yours?
1: You can go to or ours one- if you call Andy. She'll she'll make you an appointment. Okay. And 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 and, I mean we're we're a twenty bay operation, so we take quite a few cars every day. But unfortunately, we're like just about everybody in town. We're just up to our ears in alligators, and we've got people that are going to have to wait four, five, six days to get in. But if if you if you can also say to Andy, um, Andy, if you can't take me in the next three, four, five days, can you suggest somebody Uh close by and see what she says?
5: Okay. Okay. All right, and because we so know, the one,
1: we know the.
5: Uh, that was we know really the people close.
1: in the area that are good guys.
5: Right, I know, I know. That's why I listen to you. So, um, so, but, but, my last question, I promise, is the one that's between um, the Thunderbird and the, um, the the train tracks down there. Is that one of your shop And is that one that's available? Because literally, I could walk there.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Just give me a better description.
5: You you've talked about him quite a bit um, as being a good person. He's, he's in it's off, he's off Thunderbird Road, and in Grand, yeah, and he's uh, he's okay. kind of by the railroad tracks on on Grand, and he's in the area one of minute. 91st and Thunderbird. That's 90s. A
1: one. I don't have. I don't have anybody up there in that area that 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 I I regularly talk to. Um, okay. I, I'm sorry. I, I I don't. Is let me ask you a question. Is it possible that um, there is a, another young man named Matt who runs uh, has a a car show about the same time as ours is, and he's on uh-huh. he's from Virginia Auto, and uh-huh. um and he does it on a, the other AM station. Could that be the person you're thinking about?
5: I don't think so. No. I'm not trying to put you in a bad position, but. It's it's off 90, hmm. 92nd and a Thunderbird. It's right off that right against the railroad track in okay, Peoria. I
1: don't I I, I don't okay. I don't have anybody in Peoria. I used to have Tom Fletcher's, um, uh-huh. that was up there, but Tom has retired and he sold the shop to a facility that wasn't interested in being part part of our program. Got
6: so it. I I, okay, I don't know so, who uh, that
1: is, but but if you talk to Andy. You're going to be coming okay. to Warner and I-10. That's quite a drive from where you're at. We're one mile east of Warner and I-10. But I got to run because I'm up against a break. When we folks, it's 17 minutes after the hour. 602-508-0960. We'll be back in a minute.
7: Mark Levin doesn't see any changes.
8: When they get up there and say inflation's reducing, no, it's not. Food prices are going down, no, they're not. Gasoline prices are going down, no, they're not. That the border's secure, no, it's not. That our streets are safe, no, they're not. And I could go on and on and on. They want power, 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 centralization of authority in Washington, D.C. They don't want debates. Mark Levin, weeknights at 9
4: on Intelligent Talk 960,
7: The Patriot.
4: Hey, Seth Leibson here with a warning. Don't believe everything the Biden administration tells you. Recently, they claimed more than 500,000 new jobs were created. But what about 300 tech companies laying off more than 100,000 workers? where are those figures reflected? You know that your personal finances are worse now than they were when Joe Biden took office, and record inflation has lowered the value of your money. What can you do to stop the bleeding? I recommend calling the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to look into safeguarding your money with the stability of gold while you still can. Gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail, guarding against the pain of inflation and the ruin of a recession. Take a positive step to guard your cash reserves and investments. Talk with the good folks at the Midas Gold Group. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or better yet, call them at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. It's gold you can hold.
0: Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? (laughs) Or so you think. Sure, you know the why for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the why, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the why. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the why as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the why. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more.
8: Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team? And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people? Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. Hey, wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind, like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. <laughs> ¶¶
1: Welcome back everybody. We're having some uh, significant uh, technical difficulties and I'm doing the best we can and 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 we're doing the best we can at the station as well as the remote location. Um, I just got done talking with Patricia and Patricia I think that you were talking about, um, Gil tells me, he's guessing that you're talking about automotive dynamics um, and and the answer is, is are they capable of, of, of addressing your car and the answer is yes. Um, for the rest of you, auto dynamics, Chuck? I've known Chuck, who owns Autodynamics, since the early 70s. So I've I, he used to own a Chevron gas station, then he went to Shell, and then he went to a bunch of other places, and now he has an auto repair shop in Sun City. So it's the only one in Sun City that I recommend. They're on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. It's a good shop for anybody up in that area. They do a good job, and they know that. And Chuck knows the difference between right and wrong. So, so Patricia, that would be a, a shop that you could go to, and and um, and I feel confident that they could handle your problems. Joe, thank you for holding as long as you have. How can I help you? Well,
3: thank you Mark for taking my phone call. I I've been driving now for well over 60 years and I've had something I am a Mercury Montego 2005 okay. and I am I'm afraid to drive that car. I seem to be sometimes when I hit the brake and uh, I'm approaching a stop my foot slips or I I miss I missed the, the the proper connection, and I hit the accelerator. And several times I've been more than several times. Uh, I've come close to um, rear-ending the person in front of me, or in in one case, at a restaurant uh, a few days ago, I went up over the curb. And I've I've been driving a long time, and never has this happened to me. This is a the vehicle is in two thousand and five Mercury Montego, and I I'm, I wonder if there is a, a, a maybe a um, an adjustment um, that can move either one of the uh, pedals, the accelerator, or the brake, um, reposition it. Uh, but I don't know. I'm afraid I'm afraid to drive this car sometimes now.
1: Okay, Go ahead, so sir. T- are you using two feet to drive it, or are you just using your right foot for brake and throttle?
3: Right foot, brake and throttle. It's w- the way I was taught.
1: Okay, well, no, no, you, it, uh, I, there's no right or wrong answer here. This, if if you want me to comment, then <laughs> I have to ask you questions first. So you're sure. you're using your right foot to to throttle up and brake. Is that correct? Yes or no, please. Yes. Okay. Number two. When you miss, which pedal are you missing? When you go to stab the accelerator, are you hitting the brake? Or when you go to stab the brake, are you hitting the accelerator? Which one? How is it? Give me a, a synopsis The second
3: choice. When I'm getting uh, trying to stop, I hit the accelerator.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I remember a lady um, a long time ago that told me that she had this problem and um she she had a she had a situation just just a minute I, I um joe stop for a minute stop joe just just stop for a minute um i remember a lady uh that that had this problem where she was missing the the pedal so she went from the from the accelerator and she didn't hit the brake she said she didn't she hit the accelerator so I can tell you that what she told me was is that somebody built something that on her left hip on her left hip that um it was on her left hip or on her right hip which moved her butt one way or the other on the seat, and I don't remember which way it was and i I think it was for her right hip it was something to move her butt to the more closer to the door and then her foot Hit the two pedals. But to answer your question bluntly, there is no way to adjust the pedals on your '05 Montego. There's no way in God's green earth anybody's going to be able to adjust the pedals, and anybody would be a fool to go underneath the dashboard with a cutting torch and heat up the pedal and try to bend it left or bend it right because that would be a that would be a really stupid thing to do. So I I I I, I challenge you to do this roll up a towel and put it on your right hip between your right hip and and the right side, and then put it and try to drive it that way, and then roll up the towel and put it on your left side. and, And all I'm doing is shifting your butt to the left or to the right and where your foot will hit the right pedal. And I only remember that from 100 years ago. Corky, you're up next. How can I help you?
2: Yes, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. I have a situation where I purchased a 1998 Jeep about four years ago and i purchased it and the guy said well there's a discrepancy in the mileage and so i pulled the carfax on it and uh quickly it was on march 27th 2017 i had 102,000 miles and that was at the uh, uh inspection station in maricopa and 3 days later it was at uh they issued a title to it and they had put down 130,000 miles so the question is how do i correct that I'm
1: having trouble hearing you. Well, um, I, I, that's the part, part of the problem that we're having oh, right now is, oh, is we sure, try okay. to break down. Um, you you ask me how you c- can fix that, and I'm not the guy to, to help you with that. I, I don't know. I, the first question, I guess, is is who cares because it's a 1990. So that's number one question. And the number two question, I think you, your best to do is to go to a motor vehicle facility and probably okay. just retitle it to yourself and put the correct mileage on there. But the problem is is that they're going to give you two boxes, an A and a B. A is what it right. actually is, and B what you think it is. I don't know what number. Right. You don't have a clue as to what the real mileage on this vehicle is. So if you were going to change it, what would you use as the real mileage?
2: Well, I basically, it was 102,000 miles, and three days later, they'd taken it in and issued a title, on it uh, for a rebuilt, a rebuilt title, and they—I'm sure they mis, misprinted it and put down 130,000 miles. Three days later.
1: So what's the difference? Twenty thousand miles.
2: Well, right now, when I purchased it, it only had 108,000 on it.
1: Okay, I—I—I—I'm—you I, know—I—I I, I can't help you. I, I you. you I don't understand why you're all wound up about this. I don't understand. You can't possibly convince motor vehicle or any of the derivatives of motor vehicle what the correct mileage of this is, because you don't know. You just bought the vehicle, so I I, I don't know why. I don't. I mean, it, it, having an other which is unknown mileage, um, it is what it is. There's a lot of cars out there with unknown mileage. It's just one of those things that you can't control. So I I. Um, there's two kinds of motor vehicle divisions. There's the privately owned ones, and then there's motor vehicle run by the state of Arizona. I would touch base with both of them and then present what your plan is and present what it is, but they're going to look at you this way. He wants to add mileage to it. That doesn't sound like something we hear on a daily basis. Or he turns around and says, I want to subtract miles to it, and neither one of them is going to do that. Neither one of them is going to go from 130 to lower. 150 lower, 200 lower. They're just not going to do that. And they're going to just mark your title with a C, which is unknown mileage. So that's the best I can do. We got to take a break. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I'm Mark Salem. I'm a little frazzled, but it's not your fault. It's my fault. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Take the Patriot
7: with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7.
1: Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years
2: contact Cordell and Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Phoenix Area Attorneys, 6730 North Scottsdale Road, Suite 230, Scottsdale, Arizona,
4: 85253. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Online at cordellcordell.com. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes, and you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, (laughs) I get it, you're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40. One more if you're not physically active. Another finger if anyone in your family has type two diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio pre-diabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse, because pre-diabetes can be reversed.
9: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
4: Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when
2: his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot.
1: Uh, hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I, I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person.
2: I want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America.
6: After I got out of the Marine Corps, coming back home, it was just a mental breakdown for me. I was on the verge of giving up. That chapter, that season in my life was over. Now what? Who was I? That's what I kept asking myself. The pressure to have it all together, to heal, to quiet down the monsters inside, it was too much. I lost it. I had heard about the Wounded Warrior Project. I had seen the logo and that visual of a warrior carrying another warrior. The programs that the Wounded Warrior Project offers, it's not just the veteran themselves. It's, it's their whole family. It brings it all together. We have scars that we carry and just because the scars are there doesn't mean that we're any less than what we were right now i i'm the best version that i ever have been of myself i can embrace the brokenness
0: you wouldn't go into battle alone you don't have to fight this alone visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash not alone Drug cartels are now targeting children by distributing rainbow-colored fentanyl pills, powders, and blocks, resembling candy and chalk. Learn more about how one pill can kill at onepillkilled.org. All about that demon, the
2: automobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels, the end result of the dream of Henry Ford.
1: and we're talking about cars and car repair and uh, and you know questions and stuff like that just remember that when we talk we have to have give and take give and take cuz i'm going to have questions when you say your car won't start the question is is does it crank over or not when you hit the key is there a click or does it crank over does it go rurururur but it doesn't catch because that all means something, so that's kind of how it works. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Art, you're up next. How can I help you?
7: Hello, Mark. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, I listen to your show all the time. It's very informative. Uh, I have uh, this is my son drives his car back and forth to ASU to school, and it's been running okay and everything, but it's making this kind of like marble noise. I'm kind of suspecting it's the power steering, but the thing is, everything I've read about. Usually, like the power steering, the wheel gets kind of sluggish, but this isn't making any. Uh, I mean, when the steering is smooth and everything, even when it's making the noise when it's running, when it first starts up cold, it, it usually makes a lot more noise, but it's random. Once it warms up, the noise kind of like eases back. It's coming from the power steering, but because of the, the engine, the wetness, chambers, I can't see the pulleys.
1: Any suggestions? Well, but yeah, I mean, how do you know it's coming from the power steering?
7: Because the the box is right there, and that's where the noise is mostly coming from. It, it's the strongest right there.
1: But I, I The box, which box?
7: The, the power steering, the, the pump.
1: Okay, so if you took a long screwdriver and you had the noise there, and if you took the long screwdriver and you touched the power steering pump and reservoir... Then you'd be able to feel it there.
7: Uh, kind of, but but like I said, it's random, so it's really hard to, to kind of like okay. to. It it, it's
1: hard. hard. It's 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 going to be pretty tough for me to to tell you that that. Um, w- <laughs> well, let me just give you this, and this is the best I can do today. <laughs> when you have a power steering problem, it's going to be you're sitting in the car, your eyes are closed, and your hands are on the wheel. There's no radio, there's no nothing. And typically, there is no noise in a power steering system until you load the power steering, which means turn to the wheel. So you put your hand at 12 o'clock on the steering wheel, and you close your eyes, and there is or is not noise. And when you turn your hand from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock, and then back to 12 o'clock, and 12 o'clock to 9 o'clock, and then back up 9 to 12 o'clock, then there's going to be a squealing and a grinding noise, That's and that directly, the steering wheel movement tells us without question that it's a power steering problem, and it's almost always the pump. And it could also be the belt, though. Somebody has to check the tension on the belt and make sure that it's not glazed and slipping. Okay, so but- if the power steering noise you're hearing and you've attributed it to power steering, then it only is there when you're messing with the steering wheel. Is that right?
7: No, it, you you can start it up and it'll start going for about ten
1: seconds or so, and then then it'll stop. But it's you like, don't know that 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 the noise you're hearing is a belt squealing. You don't know it's a power steering belt. Okay, it,
7: it it's it's not squealing. It sounds like mar- marbles, like a. It kind of sounds like a bearing.
1: Okay. Well, that that would that we're not going to fix it like you want us to fix this. What we're going to do is is we're going to get out a stethoscope, or we're going to start just taking belts off one at a time until the noise goes away. I mean, there there has to be some work. I I, I I can't do noises over the radio, but but the 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 power steering makes a squealing noise. That that's there's that, and so you know marbles and stuff like that doesn't doesn't match squealing noise.
7: Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I was it was throwing me off. So it could be an idler pulley or something. But there's always, well,
1: see, um, there's, get your get your garden hose and uh, start it up and let it happen, and then just gently focus on one pulley at a time and just kind of go with water, just with water. Oh. And and hit the idler pulley, hit the power steering pump, hit the the crankshaft pulley, hit hit you know the alternator, whatever. And when you hit the when you hit the right thing, the noise is going to change, and then you you're going to be able to tell. But you can probably do the same thing with a long piece of a screwdriver. We use it like a two foot screwdriver, and we just simply touch everything while the engine's running, and and you can actually feel it through the handle of your screwdriver.
7: Oh, okay, yeah, because I. See, to do the process of elimination, it's really hard because there is no room between the pulleys and the firewall. And, and and that's why I'm kind of, like, iffy and then have to buy parts and stuff also because there's only one belt on there.
1: Okay. Well, uh, um, yeah, this... On a 1 to 10 scale, it may sound like this is a 12 to you, but it's not to me. So, I, I mean, this is, I haven't had one of my technicians come in in 100 years and crying and saying, I can't get to the pulleys and I don't know where the noise is coming from because none of them, I mean, they all are capable of doing that. Maybe what you can do is, is spend some money and ask somebody to listen to the noise and you can demonstrate the noise and tell you what it is, and if they charge you fine and if they don't charge you fine, and then at that point you can go do that, but then you run the risk of, of he misidentified the noise as an alternator pulley or, or an idler pulley or the water pump is real bad. You replace the water pump and you still got the bad noise. So I'd probably just hang out with somebody who's, who's able to show you how they diagnosed it, and if you have to pay for a half an hour's worth of labor for 50 $75, then maybe that's worth it.
7: Yeah, that's right. Now, where are you located? Are you what we're down Valley? What part of
1: what town are you are you in?
7: Uh up by GCU, 27th Avenue, Missouri.
1: Okay, well, just go to marksalem.com. First of all, I'm in the south. I'm I'm, in, I'm, I'm adjacent to Awatuki. I'm a long way away. I, I think I would prefer you go to a shop that I already know is really good. So if you go to marksalem.com and click on best car repair shops, you'll find three or four of them that are around your general location. These are guys that I know. I know they know what they're doing. I know that they have good hearts. Most of their wives work there. Some of them have kids working there. And they've also been there in business for 20, 30, 40 years. So these are great. I guys that um, know right from wrong, and they're the same guys that call me every Saturday afternoon to tell me I missed it. Missed a question, <laughs> so and I'm okay with that. So if you just do that, MarkSalem.com, Mark with a K, Salem like the cigarette.com, and just look at the best car repair shops. and And Billy's at twenty fourth Twenty fourth Street in Indian School, I think. Martin's Automotive is Sixteenth Street south of Thomas, I think. Um Larry Harkers is at 39th Avenue. And uh, and uh, gosh darn it, where is Harkers at? Hang on, just a minute. I have it right here. Uh, yeah, Thirty Eighth Avenue in Indian School. So. I We've got shops that are all in that area, but they, they, they'll be able to help you with that.
7: Uh, yeah, because it, it's scary out there because somebody will tell me, my, my engine needs to be rebuilt, and that's why I'm kind of leery about taking it anywhere.
1: Well, there, um I'm proud to tell you that I haven't, knock on wood, and I'm probably messing up the whole thing, but I haven't had a complaint on one of my repair shops in a very, very long time, and very, very long time, perhaps years and years and years. So most everybody, now everybody that's gone to them um, has been happy. But it's also a matter of to do it right. I have a noise. I would like very much to just drop it off the night before, and I'd like to be there when you start it up in the morning. And then you, I'd, like, I'd like for you, I'd like to watch you diagnose the noise, and I'd like you to comment as you do that. Would you do that for me? And there's no reason why they wouldn't. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Good luck to you. Okay. The phone seems to be working and a whole lot better. Um, Gail, do we have anybody else? um Gil, I can't oh, hear we do, you. But
6: we have to take a break first. Oh,
1: let's take a break first then. Okay, we'll be back right after this.
6: Tune in to cover your assets with Logan Marcus.
0: So being a fiduciary at its heart really just requires that you to be effective, responsible, communicative, and competent.
6: Get on the right path to achieve your retirement goals.
0: This is something that we'll want to customize and talk to you about specifically, tailor make it to your circumstances.
6: Cover your assets with Logan Marcus, Saturdays at 4 p.m. right here on 960 The Patriot.
9: Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults, and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30.
8: Tanning doesn't make me look healthier.
9: My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Tanning doesn't make me glow. My individuality does. Tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. Yeah. Congrats. Job. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk. Stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology.
5: When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was not just you know, working with my physical disabilities, I was emotionally broken. I remember thinking, how did I get here? How? It was affecting me in my marriage. My husband, he didn't know how to help me. He actually called Wounded Warrior Project. Wounded Warrior Project had this thing called Couples Odyssey.
8: It was an eye-opener, and it, I think it really saved our marriage.
5: They gave us books and resources and tools on how to help us with that.
9: I just love him. I love you, honey. Me too.
8: Watching her fight for her mental health, fighting for other veterans, fighting for this family, uh, helped me to fight too. Well, I always loved her, but I love her 10 times more for that.
0: Not all wounds are visible. If you or a loved one are suffering, visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash not alone.
6: So, Justin, I was playing that video game Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog. it was all like,
5: and
6: then I went playing in this virtual stream where this water, it looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest,
8: the real forest, where well, I was running down this, well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit, and I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long.
6: Oh, that's uh, pretty cool, too.
0: This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ag Council.
2: And anyway.
0: you're 46 minutes
1: after the hour for 11 o'clock. And we're going to try it on the phone because the rest of our system has just crashed. And so we'll do the best we can. Gil, have you got me? I got gotcha. you. Okay, good enough. Let's just go to... we got Clint and Paula, so we're going to take Paula first just because she's a lady first, and Clint, you hang on, but Paula, you're first. How can I help you?
10: Hi. I have a 2008 Nissan Versa and never had any particular problems with it. A few weeks ago, I had come into the house for a few minutes and went back out, and my car wouldn't start, and it, was, it sounded had like a battery. There was just no noise at all. And I tried it two or three different times and finally it just turned over and went fine. So I went about my business. And uh, then a few days later in the morning, the same thing happened. Uh, so the engine was cold at that point. And then it's happened once more since then, where I just, you know, try the ignition and it just is dead there. So I took to the mechanic. He ran through, checked everything. He said the alternator was fine. Cables were fine. He couldn't see any reason. He said there might be, is there some kind of safety switch there uh, that keeps you from going into a different, I I don't know what it was. But anyway, he said that probably, it might be the starter, but he gave me an estimate of 460 something.
1: And, um, okay, well, stop, stop, Paula, because this is the time I get to ask questions. So when you hit the key, I heard you say, it's like nothing happened. There was no clicking. There was no cranking. The motor didn't turn over. It was just a completely silent thing. I put my key in the ignition, and I turned it to the start position, and nothing happened. There No noise, no spinning of the motor. Is that what you're saying?
10: Right. The, the dash lights came on, but that, that's it.
1: No. Okay. Is and how many miles does it have on it? One hundred and fifty-seven
10: thousand.
1: Okay. Okay. And it's an automatic transmission. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, when you don't have any cranking of the engine, it's because the ignition key sends power to a relay and the relay goes through the neutral safety switch to make sure that it's in neutral or park, because it will not start the engine unless it's in neutral or park. So the, the next thing I want you to try is, is when it, you hit the key and nothing happens, I want you to hold the key to the on position and with your hand, I want you to shake the shifter. Shake the shifter violently shake the shifter. If it starts and you do that two or three times and you have to wiggle the shifter to get it to start, then this is a simple adjustment of the neutral safety switch.
10: Okay. Yeah, now, that's what he was talking about. The new, that sounds like neutral safety switch. I, can't, I don't think I can start my car in neutral.
1: Yes, ma'am, you can. Can. You can you can you can try that too, ma'am. You can shake the shifter in park. You're you're not taking it out of park. You're just shaking it in park. So you're pushing the shifter okay. forward and backward, up and down, whatever. Just shake the shifter. But if you want to, you can also put it in neutral and see if then it will start. Because if it starts in neutral but not in park, then this could be an easy adjustment of the neutral safety switch. An adjustment okay. of the neutral safety switch.
10: Okay. And what what
1: part talking? of town do you live in? where
10: what are we talking about money-wise the adjustment
1: well ma'am i i I don't know i don't i i I can't possibly quote that because i don't know um i i i I would imagine it would be less than a hundred dollars to test and adjust the neutral safety switch but i also must tell you that nine out of ten times the neutral safety switch or the linkage is going to be bad or broken and if that's the case, if it's broken, it doesn't ever start. And you said it started since then. So I'm thinking to myself, it's probably not a broken part. So it might be just an adjustment part. Okay. So I, I, I don't know. We the, the electrical signal starts at the key, but it has to go through two or three different switches. And all of those must be closed for the power to get to the starter and the starter to start the engine. So we have to kind of go through that selection. Are you pushing your brake pedal hard when you start the car in the morning? Would you would you make an effort when you go to start it? Push the brake pedal very, very hard with one foot, and then then try to start it and see if the brake pedal makes a difference. Oh,
10: okay. All right. So we have
1: another problem. I don't... Can you take... Go ahead. Problems? Go ahead, ma'am. Okay.
10: Okay. Um... I was driving in the, mor- in the morning after that heavy rain we had a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and my car started to make a ch 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 noise. And um, I, I thought it was just the wet roads, but then when I got on dry roads, it still did it, and it's done it several times since. And I, the, I can hear it, and then if I decelerate, it's, um, it gets louder. Uh, okay. You know the little, I don't know if you're a percussionist or not, but you know the little wire things that per- percussionists have? They're kind of loose like wires. That's what it sounds like.
1: Okay. Well, noises are something that's very difficult for someone to, to be able to diagnose based on the driver's information, unless it's as simple as every time I hit the brakes, there's this tremendous squealing noise. Well, that's easy. But as far as anything else, noises, um, uh, you, I mean, I can tell you this much. There's a hell of a lot of guys in this town, old guys with gray hair like me, that all you've got to do is make the noise in front of us, and we can tell you what the fix is going to be. The problem is, is you can talk until you're blue in the face, but it's just going to go in one ear and out the other because a lot of what you say um, is stuff that mixes in a bunch of different things. So, so, if you say that it cranks, but it does but doesn't start, then we have to go to fuel or spark, and we have all these moving parts, but the most important part of getting your car fixed is just a yes or no communication with somebody who cares. Do you have a shop that you regularly use and that you love
10: i use I've been going to him for almost forty years, so
1: okay. never,
10: I, I've never had to take my car back in and say you didn't fix it."
1: Well then, why don't you do this? Why don't you just ask him to drive your car for a couple of days? Say, will you use it as your own? Will you drive it every morning and every afternoon? Would you use it as your own and see if you can figure this out for me?
10: Yeah, I his son who helps him in the shop. I don't know. He's he's an adult, so he's not a kid. But um, he drove it and he heard it uh, the the noise, and he said, "Well." I I don't know for sure. He said I thought it was the wheel well maybe first, and then I thought well maybe it's a strut. He says we're going to have to put it up on the rack. So I brought it back the next day, and they put it up on the rack. And the mechanic himself looked at it. He says I can't find anything wrong with it.
1: He said okay. Well, let me it. explain about the noise. <laughs> it you have to be you have to be a, you have to be seasoned enough to understand that finding the noise and getting it to happen is going to get you where you need to go. So what, what causes the noise to occur? Do we turn the steering wheel left or right? Do we brake abruptly or do we take off abruptly? Is the noise related to the speed of the engine or the speed of the car? Otherwise, if I pull off to the side of the road and I rev the motor up, is the noise still there? Oh, no, it's not there. So all of a sudden I get on the road and I'm doing 40 and I can hear the noise, but when I go 45 and 50, the noise changes. Well, that's the speed of the car, not speed of the engine. So that's going to be in one of the tires or wheels. That's not going to be in the engine. That's the kind of conversation that has to occur in order to identify a noise. There's none of us in this valley or in this world that are going to be able to tell you what the noise is if you can mimic it with your mouth. We can't do that.
10: Well, I did. I did all of that. I answered all of his questions. He asked me all the same questions that you're asking me. And then he just shook his head and said, I don't know. And I said, well, is it safe to drive? He said, yeah, if it's anything major, I would see it.
1: Okay. Well, I don't agree with the second part. If it's safe to drive, well, if he doesn't know what it is, then I don't know. I would be mad at my staff if they said, oh, yeah, it's safe to drive. Well, you don't know that it's safe to drive because you don't know what it is. So the idea is it is a starting issue. But I, I... you know There has to be better communication, and there, there has to be somebody there to, to help you out. You, you may be a fresh face, but you've dealt with this guy for 30, 40, 50 years, and so I'm, I'm a little hesitant to send you someplace else. But again, I guess the only thing I can think of is let him drive the car. Ask him if him or his son will drive it. Use it as their own for the next two or three days and see if, they, see if it happens to them. I, I don't know any other way. I I can't fix your car unless I heard it, and and I was driving it, and I heard it, I could fix your car. I I would know exactly what it is. No questions about it. But unfortunately, I I, I can't do that because I could test drive people's car for the rest of my life. So I'm sorry. Anyway, do we have anybody? Oh, Clint, Clint, I'm sorry. Clint, I, I hope you're still there. How can I help you? Yeah, Mark.
3: Yes, sir, go ahead. Yeah. I have a 2012 Nissan Altima 2.5 S. Uh, the vehicle was left to me in a wheel about a year ago, so I don't you know, know a whole lot about the vehicle, but this okay. has happened to me four times. Driving the vehicle down the road, it just completely goes dead. All It loses all power,
1: lights, everything, nothing works at all. And okay, stop now. You lose all the dashboard, you lose the radio, you lose Everything. Everything. But so you are completely dead. The horn doesn't honk. The dash lights don't come on. The radio goes off. It's a complete electrical shutdown.
3: Complete, yep.
1: Okay, then it has to be at the battery cables. Okay, has to be at the battery cables. Well,
3: well, the, well the thing is, too, Mark. Okay, so it's like they've done it to me four times. Uh, first time I was traveling with a vehicle. I left. I was driving it home um, from Texas, uh, and it died on me going down the road. So I pulled over. To check out, see what was going on. Maybe about five minutes later, the power came back on and it started. It didn't do anything again for maybe about a month.
1: It does, it does, none of this story makes any difference. It doesn't make any okay. difference. The fact of the matter is, as you said, you lose all electrical power. All. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, you got to go to the source of the power, which is the battery. That's all there is to it. There's no other choice. You've got to start at the battery connections. And Now, I've been working on cars since 1968, and I'm telling you that 99 times out of 100, when I hear this, I lost everything. The dash went black. The dome lights didn't come on. The radio went off. its car pulled off to the side of the road, sat there and played with it for a little while, and then all of a sudden it started back up. 99 times out of 100. That we got battery cable problems, and looking at them and touching them and spraying them with goop isn't going to fix it. You need a voltmeter, and you got to do what we call a volt drop test. The volt drop test is something you'll have to have somebody do. This is on a 1 to 10 scale, this is a 3 or a 4. It's not any big deal. You can go to marksalem.com, look at my good shops, and there's somebody there that could help you. This, again, on a 1 to 10 scale, this is nothing. Good luck, everybody. Uh, I'm sorry about the quality of the show, but we'll do better next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency,
0: knew all the government's dirty secrets. He
4: was one of the most respected generals in the military.
0: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn